Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. It's the 49 Faithful UK show. Week 8 delivers a third straight loss as the Niners fall 31-17 at home to the Bengals. It's undeniably disappointing and a bit frustrating. But we head into the bye week still well in the contention in a competitive NFC. There is a little bit of a sense of deja vu as last year we stuttered into the bye week after a bad loss to the Chiefs. But we turned it around and went the rest of the season unbeaten. And there's no reason we can't do the same this year. I'm Gareth Ellis, and joining me for a much-needed therapy session, it's our totally unqualified therapists, Lee Gowland. Hey, guys. Paul Hope. Hey, Fairfall. What's up? And Najee Karar. Hello, everyone. So, lads, let's uh, let's keep it simple this week. I think there's uh, three things we probably all want to cover. What's going wrong? How do we fix it? And do we need a trade to get the roster to where it needs to be? So let's start and break it down. Let's start with the offense, which only mustered 17 points for the third straight game. I didn't watch the game live. I watched the game back in 40, and I saw a lot of good, but not a lot of points. Who wants to start? Lee, you're looking very thoughtful. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. Where can we start? I mean, we, we never established the run game, and when you don't do that, it's always going to be difficult. Um, we just said off air there, um, we were talking about my player, my player watch, Colt McKivitz. I thought he had a good game, and I went on to say that um, I didn't think we particularly missed Trent Williams that much, or wasn't that noticeable. But then I did turn around and say, well, obviously it was noticeable because we couldn't establish the run game and that's where we were missing them. As far as pass protection was concerned, I don't think we missed them that much, but definitely within the run game, he was a huge miss. And it was those those types of things on offense which kind of scuppered us all together. One of the things that I'm really concerned about, when we miss in Debo, it doesn't seem as though Kyle can actually scheme for the players that he has available. He, he gives up on... On, he gave up on the run straight away. He gave up on play, play action as well, pretty much straight away. We didn't do much of that. And it all became one-dimensional, which was very easy to stop. It didn't look very good. Um, it didn't help that we were getting penalties left, right and centre um, and obviously turning the ball over. <laughs> I mean, we hardly going to win anything when we do that. Um, but I can't quite put my finger on what's wrong. I have absolutely no, and I think that's both sides of the balls. Obviously, we'll talk about defence later, but I, I just don't know. I I am at a loss to to try and work out why Kyle can can call a play so brilliant brilliantly against, say, the Dallas Cowboys, and then fail against the Browns, the Vikings, and um, the Bengals. Because he just seems to have stuttered the last three weeks. And one thing I did notice on the sidelines as well, and it kind of annoyed us a little bit from a leadership perspective, he's walking up and down the um, the sidelines, shaking his head whenever there's a bad player from a 49ers player. Yeah, you, you, you're not going to like that, but you need to be motivating players. And the kind of got us that people didn't feel as though, they didn't look as though they were motivated. And I'm wondering if that's it. You, you know how we always said that uh, Jim Harbaugh had a shelf life of four years. We now yep. six, seven seasons into Harbaugh. 
have we have we suddenly hit that shelf life? No, I don't think no. so. So I, I agree, but it, it is a question to start asking because for the last three weeks we have looked a little bit listless. I've, I think that's the that's the main issue. It doesn't look like we're having fun. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And we used to, we used to, and I mean, and I mean, the fun comes from stomping on teams, obviously. You know, you beat the Cowboys forty-two, whatever. It's it's easy to have fun, but especially, and we'll talk about it later on defense. It doesn't look like we're having fun at all. Is it the Browns game? Was it the Browns game? Has that knocked the stuff out of us so much? It's it's I don't know. been a good check moment. I think we're just falling a little short on things that usually work, and obviously we're missing Debo a lot. We're missing Trent, and you know we're turning the ball over, which is always. It's hard to have fun when you yeah. turn the ball over. There's some bad that. drops. Some bad drops, some bad throws, some bad fumbles, you know, in all three of those losses. And and it just kind of starts to mount and pressure starts to mount. And then you feel like, especially because where we are in, in the NFL, uh, because you feel the pressure of being that number one power ranking and the team everybody talks about, and you have to win by this many points and you have to be perfect. Like Purdy has been, all, all of a sudden you feel like you, you're a little jammed and you're trying a little too hard. And I think that's what it is. We, it seems like we're trying too hard. Nothing is easy anymore. And it used to be. It used to just come out and everything worked and everything was fine and luck was on our side a little bit and everything was just simple but that's football you have to find a way to win when it's hard and it's not been hard for us for a long time so we're just gonna it's gonna take us a minute to figure that out and i, I think that's where we are we're in the trenches we're working hard we're battling and we're just not coming on the right side the last game, I think the Bengals, we did get beat by a much better team than we are. But um, the the two before that, which gen- started generating that downward spiral, it was just it was a few plays here and there. And, you know, we're seven and one instead of five and three. I'm assuming uh, you mean beaten by the better team on the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah. night, the, the the Bengals were much better. Because obviously, I mean, th- there's no better team than 49ers. Let's just no, obviously, that. obviously. But obviously. they came in and you know Joe Burrow threw for eighty percent of his passes and and all that. They they were better than us. They didn't make any mistake and they scored the score when they needed to. We didn't do it. Uh, it's sports. It happens. It, um, but as Fred said, we're, we're not going to back down. We're going to find a way. And this would make for a great story when we get our ring. You know that's. That's that's what sports about. If it was easy, it wouldn't be fun, um, you know. So, yeah. Ultimately, I think to me, this game comes down to the mistakes, the yeah. free turnovers, uh, especially the. I mean, the first pick is an insane play by Pratt. Is it Pratt? Some fifty-six. That's ridiculous. I don't know how he did that, but you know, you play that play a hundred times, and the line and the linebacker puts his hand up, and the ball just falls to the ground. And then that's it, you know, and and we get a shot at least a field goal. Um, so that was insane. And then yeah, the the throw it just it just got schooled by <laughs> by a linebacker again, a rookie mistake uh, right there. He thought he had it open and he didn't. Um, the fumble was bad. 
again, uh, you know, protect the ball, leave to leave another down. But he's going to learn. He's going to learn, and he needs to learn fast. But, uh, yeah, I think that's where it starts to me on Sunday. If we don't do those three, the, the game is definitely a lot tighter. And at home, maybe you can hope to win it. But uh, three turnovers, that's, that's too much. Too much to overcome for, for any team. So one thing I will say about the offense, I, I definitely do not think it was on Brock Purdy. No, Brock God, yeah, Purdy, game, yeah, he played very Brock, well. He did. He had some rookie mistakes, but overall he played well. Uh, yeah. And I definitely don't think it's on Purdy. And the reason I'm saying that is because uh, you just go on social media and everybody's having an absolute <laughs> meltdown. Yeah, people people are calling for Purdy to be um, to be replaced already, asking us to uh, trade for somebody a QB, and yeah. I think that's ridiculous. Pur- Purdy yeah, ridiculous. is not the problem. No. Oh, what's your uh, take on the offense? Well, I'm smiling because we get our therapy session and I've stayed off social media today, Lee. Put a few tweets out there thanking the casino, which we'll get to later. But you look at Brock's stats, they're very Brock-esque, apart from the interceptions, the eye test, which we all talk about on this show. I said it off air, Gareth. Some of those players Brock Purdy made off script got everybody off the seat. If you're prepared to accept that, you have to accept the groan pains. He is a rookie and all but name. But we talk about fundamentals on this show, mistake-free football. And our boy George said it better than me. So I may have stayed off social media, Gareth, but I've absorbed the interviews afterwards because I wanted to say how the team were feeling. We'll talk about Fred in a moment, Nadji, because shock horror, 54 stood up on the podium and owned it. But George Kittle, he answered the question better than we can. We're not running the football, which is the fundamental 49ers. He said, when you're committing penalties like we're committing and you're on first and 20 third and whatever you can't run the ball you then have to pass the ball more which is reflected in the stats which then means you become one-dimensional which we saw yesterday when we're one-dimensional <laughs> and we're chasing the game mistakes are going to happen and i think like we said last nightly when we were sat together at the casino watching it the sky wasn't falling in ever the optimist but we're going into this bye week five and three that's better than 2019 when we went to the super bowl this time last year, Christian McCaffrey had just been traded and was like, he said he came in that locker room three and four and not one person was panicking. And if we put together a run like we did last year and we're capable of it, like you said, don't panic. So the game could have gone either way for me at certain points, but Nadja, you did hit the nail on the head. Joe Burrow, not only was he great with his passing, he was great with his scrambling. And ironically, no. Brock actually threw for more yards. But obviously, well, Burrow had no interceptions, had more touchdowns, was efficient. But Joe Burrow had been paid. He's up there in the conversation for your top five QBs in the NFL. And like you said, Lee, the non-Niners friends have come at me today with the whole Trey Lance trades come to bite you on the bone. It's, <laughs> it's knacked you up for the next however many years. And I'm sat there shaking my head like, have you just watched the five-minute highlight video? Or have you actually sat and watched that game? Because this isn't on Brock Purdy. So... I would like to say, before we move on, a measured response in the group has been refreshing to see. So I know a few members today have dropped some posts and the conversations I've been keeping an eye on whilst working. It was good to see. We're all frustrated. Yes, we wanted to be heading into the bye week 7-0. It's not to be 8-0, whatever. But I, I'm not nervous. And I will just clarify for everybody, I have no more weddings to go to. So you can't blame that on me anymore. And the next home game, Gareth... Us four fine gentlemen with one or mm-hmm. two others will be in attendance, so you definitely don't need to panic. No, I I watched the game 
live on on Red Zone. Uh, they did tend to focus quite a bit on what was happening on Kansas City at, at Denver, and I think there were some parallels there. They were in a hole. They tried to throw their way out of it, and Mahomes couldn't do it. He threw interceptions as well because they became one dimensional. I think the the in that game, obviously, the Broncos played well. But watching the game back in 40, I saw just so much good stuff. Kittle had a big game. Uh, Brock Purdy was was doing great passes. Romo's commentary is great. He's always picking out just how good some of the quarterback play is. I think, obviously, the first interception was a killer because we'd just done a, an 80-yard drive, get down to the red zone, and it's another red zone turnover. Same way McCaffrey fumbled the ball uh, early on. Was it the Vikings or the, or the Browns yeah, game? Like, we lost. Like. We seem to be letting games get away from us by losing momentum because we can string together a great drive but then can't follow it up with another drive. And in between, we can't follow it up with a defensive stop and suddenly score on consecutive possessions and wrestle the game back from our opponents. And it's just little miscues here and there, I think, because I, I didn't think the offense played badly and I, I could hardly believe how we only got 17 points at the end of it because we moved the ball relatively well at quite a lot of times in the game and I I think Lee's got something there we've seen this before sometimes we say Shanahan needs to get out of his own way a little bit and and perhaps plan a better game I am disappointed that suddenly without Debo he's not trying to bring anybody else in the game it's yeah. it's Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk, and that's it. And it becomes yeah. predictable and becomes easy to defend because the Bengals knew they're going to throw deep over the middle from Purdy to one of these two or three guys because the others are just being ignored. I think Jennings played almost every snap and didn't get a target, uh, mm. let alone Ronnie Bell or bringing somebody else, like even dump it down to Elijah Mitchell over the middle. There's, yeah. There doesn't well, seem you know, to be the variation in the game plan. It's it's put it all on Brock to throw us to victory over the middle. And he's doing that, I think, very well for much of the game. But you've got to add something more to it. At least that's what I see with the offense. I'll tell you what now the Bengals winding defense... Up to... He is. I'm going to jump in before he says something. But what the Bengals defense did well is Kyle likes to put people in motion. And how many times did Juice go in motion? And the defence knew the ball wasn't going to win. That front five yeah. and the linebackers. And what was shocking, and Lee said it earlier, Shanahan didn't go into his bag of tricks. Like you said, Gareth, try something with Ronnie Bell. Try something with Rayway McLeod. It was it was just strange because we've, we've given him this new contract. We've gone about being an offensive genius. But the Bengals defensive coordinator said, well, I've all the answers last night. And I was kind of feeling quite smug. Give him my scouting report, Nadji, when you missed the last show, because some of the things I called for <laughs> happened. But then as a 49ers yeah, yeah, no, yeah. fan, I was like, oh, I wanted to see more. So sorry, that's all I wanted to say. But... No, it's it's a good point. That's what I was going to go to. I, this offensive genius thing is, doesn't seem to be there anymore. It's just what we do. There's no extra. And, you know, we've been calling it. Just stop using CMC. Try something else. And we all love CMC, and we want CM. Just leave him in a game. That's totally fine. But put Jordan Mason, and as you say, dump it to him. No one's going to expect that. And you might get yourself out of a third and eight or something. He has this tendency to not trust certain people or, not, or he trusts too much other people. There's too much trust in Brandon Ayuk. And he's repay, repaying it tenfold. And so is Ketor and so and CMC. 
But you cannot go on the Super Bowl run and win it all with two guys. No team in the world mm. has ever done this. You always need that extra, the people that no one knows, the people that are on the bench that come out and have a great game. And this would have been perfect to have a Ronnie Bell game or a Danny Gray game or Mason or a Mitchell or anyone else or Rare McLeod 70-yard touchdown. That just changes the momentum of the game, electrifies the whole team. It brings the team together because all of a sudden everybody is part of it, not just two guys. And it, yeah, I don't understand why we're not even just trying and, you know, mm. we're 17 points down and 10 points behind and we're on third and eight and it's still a draw to CMC to try and get us a better punt position. I, I, don't, I don't really understand the, the fall process here. And, and we've, we've said it and Kyle goes through that pretty much every year. He goes into a funk and then can gets himself out, out of it. Um, but it maybe in, we need to have it and it's much better to have it now just before the bye week. Then in September and January, when the games really matter, you know. So, I mean, I'm not panicking, you know. We've still got the roster is there, and uh, we're going to talk about it, see if we can do anything to make it better. But it's the same offense that won 16 games in a row. It's there. We just need to put it back together, see uh, how it worked, and maybe change a little things. And, uh, and we'll be right back to where we were. We'll be all right. Do you not feel that when you look back, it has the feel of the 2021 Cardinals game or the Chiefs game last year. Yeah. People were panicking. And like you said, maybe Shanahan wants that us against the world mentality. And maybe it's going to come after the bye week. I just wanted to say, Lee, before we go down the rabbit hole of Brock Purdy, I saw something on Twitter just before we went and recorded because I thought there was some trade news. Not every game 49ers fans has to be a referendum on Brock Purdy. We're allowed to talk about it, but it doesn't yeah, have to be. Uh, Ashka <laughs> put a great tweet out there, and I thought, you know what? We are guilty of it, 49ers fans, QB carousel. But Brock played well. I mean, we were sat next to each other last night, me and Lee, when that one hit Ayuk in the face. Like you said, Najee, he catches that one. Like, how many times has Ayuk caught the ball this year? It just hit him in the face. And without his scrambling ability... Brock Purdy, we wouldn't have been in this game, but I just wanted to kind of put out there, we are allowed to have a conversation with him, but you don't have to rank him in the top 10 QBs. And that's maybe he's aimed at my non-Niners friends who the group chat have had to <laughs> mute it today because they're an absolute uh, wonderland that were on three over the last three weeks. And Brock Purdy's done. And Grant Cohen, I don't know if you saw that, friend of the show. Uh, Brock's Ooh. Cinderella story is over. And he's one of the advocates calling for Brock to be gone. Yeah, and Sam Darnold being still. And I was like, he's definitely just doing that for clickbait. Yeah, and yes, totally. I just wanted to put that out there because I know Lee's a big fan idiot. of Mr. Kent. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think we can, we can get back to that. We'll, we'll look at some positives later. But uh, we, we've got to talk about the defense uh, as well, shipping 31 points. Once again, uh, quarterback has a fantastic game against us. It seems to be a common denominator. Wilkes is getting a lot of flack, but it also appears to be that there is a dip in form, dip in concentration from a handful of key players who I think are guilty of missing some tackles and missing some assignments as well. What are you seeing? Naji, you're nodding sagely, so I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, it's more of the same but worse because Joe Burrow is otherworldly and elite, so it showed even more on Sunday. But yeah, our defence is just not playing well. Uh, not clicking at all. There's no pressure. There's no 
coverage and we hear sad saying you know during reviews and previews saying if one is good the other one will be good but neither is good at the moment and it's it's really bad uh we can't get to him and even when we get to him he managed to escape anyway so uh, you know uh, really hard i mean when you see ari comstead showing up on the stat sheet uh you know something is not quite right because it doesn't happen <laughs> very often and uh big eric gets two sacks i'm very happy for him and um but yeah it's something's not quite right and it's really hard to pinpoint whether it's solely wilk's fault i i don't think it is um but i hope and it's not that but i have a sinking feeling that people are not buying what he's doing and it's showing on the field and uh, the same thing goes for the defense, even more for the defense than the offense. They're not having fun. They're not celebrating nowhere near as much as they used to. Uh, the two Arik sack, he, he does his celebration and then just trots to the sideline. There's no gathering. There's no grouping. There's no, nobody rallies to him and celebrate all together. Fred isn't flexing anymore when he makes a tackle. Uh, Green, Greenlaw is the same. Makes a tackle and just stands up and goes and lines up again. It, there's something missing. And I don't know where it's from, and definitely the poor performance is enhancing the whole feeling of not having fun. Uh, but yeah, I think there's definitely not something right here. I, I, I would tend to think it might be Wilkes' scheme and people not buying into it, and there's been a clash here. And obviously, if you're if you're playing out of position, something you not you don't really want to do. You're not going to be 100%. You're not going to be full-on invested in. And it shows you missed that call. You're out of position. And I think it, the two names I think that really stand out the most in, in this whole thing is Mooney Ward and Huff. They have disappeared from our defense. Uh, from all pros, pro bowlers, to who are these two guys? I, I don't recognize any of them. And Ward shows flashes every now and then, but then the very next play, it's P.I., um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's extremely frustrating because we just want that one stop, that one turnover. And they do it in the first half. They do it and we get back. It's 14-10, you know, maybe there's life. And then we get back into the game. All we need to do is stop them. And they go on a long drive, 13 plays, 8 minutes, and the Jamal chase touchdown at the end with absolutely no life whatsoever in that drive. No, nothing. First down after first down, easy peasy. Um yeah, uh, that's to me, that's the worrying bit. Something's going to have to give here, whether it's Wilkes, whether it's the players sucking it up and doing what he wants, because if it works, who cares if they're happy or not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Disheartening, for sure. Who's going to leap in next? Yeah, let, let me leap in there. Sorry, Paul. Go on. Let me no, leap no, in. No. Um, I, I think Wilkes is definitely the easiest part to change on that defense because yeah. that defense uh, is arguably a better defense personnel wise than what we had last season yeah i don't know i i think I'm i think sure. with wilkes I, I think the scheme that he's used to playing is not the player set the skill set that we have we, we don't have shutdown corners we, we haven't been blitzing the amount of times that he blitzes and I think because of the scheme that he's used to playing and, and to be honest I mean he looks one dimensional I said yeah. the offense was but it looks as though Wilkes is one dimensional as well mm. and I just don't think he has 
the players that he needs to run the defence the way he wants it to be run. Wants, yeah. And because of that, I think Wilkes should be out the door and we should be looking for somebody who runs the defence the same way as what we've been running the defence for the last three or four seasons. Wow. I think that's the easiest change to make and now's the time to do it while we've got a bye week. That's bold. That is bold. I mean... I'm not. Oh, I'm it's not, not sure a prediction. That's... It's not a prediction. No, no, no. I know it's not a prediction. It's bold still statement. a very bold, bold statement. Yeah, yeah. To, I, I don't think firing RDC mid-season when we're five and three is a good idea, at all. I, I think finding the way to make it work is the way forward. And they've got two weeks yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, well, surely that that should have been up to Wilkes to do that that in the last three weeks, and he hasn't found a way, has he? Yeah, I wonder if he's been given too much leeway and uh, I wonder if John Lynch is going to step in. I wonder if Kyle's going to step in and be like, this is not what we hired you to do. Uh, you're going to have to do this. Um, I don't know. I, again, is it Wilkes? Is it the player? I don't well, know. The, pl- the players seem to be um, not content. But Boss has already come out and talked about the yeah. player calling. And as soon as you see that happen, <laughs> you know he's lost the defensive locker room. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, I think there's clearly something there. There's something. There's discontent. There's some something is not right. And what the problem is how we fix it, right? No, yeah, I'm not sure. Changing DC right now. That's a that's a bold message to to change. To it, it, it is. It, it's a bold message to change any coordinator this early or midway through the season. We'll say, um, but the is the is president of that working. And I don't want to rip open this awful wound, but um, the Ravens did it in 2012. They got rid of the offensive coordinator halfway through the season, then went on to win the Super Bowl against us. Mm. Sure. That's very true. I just, I also, being the devil's advocate, you know, Demeco took a lot of flack when he came in. It wasn't yeah. perfect. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Saleh took a good year and a bit to get going. Yeah, you know, and the talent wasn't quite the same. So the timeline would make sense. I, I again, I, I would be prone to give him time. And for everybody to find a middle ground where everybody's happy and everything works, and I think they can do it. And also, also the professionals they have to. That's their job. To so figure I think it the out. difference with, with the people that you've mentioned, with Salah, with Ryan's, it is. Let's go back to what you always say: the eye test. The last three weeks has been dreadful. Yeah, absolutely dreadful. So it's not just a case of we've been a little bit unlucky. We're not quite clicking. It has been absolutely dreadful the last three weeks. Yeah, but defense is um, it's it's not like an offense. All you need is a good player here and there, and the, the game changes. You know, um, if we stop them on our last drive and we we can get the ball back with a chance to tie, and we do tie the game, then the defense is great. You know. So so again, so again, having said that, you you saying we just need a a good player here or there on the on the defense. We've got a lot of good players on defense. And it's yeah. still not working. That's hmm. the thing. I don't think the plays have happened quite at the right time, though. You know, it, that sack on the on third down, third and eight on the first drive. If we if we make that play rather than let him go and let them score onto that drive, we're we're not that far away. Uh, you know, uh, we don't think we're that far. Away. And again, I will say this: we just played Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Those guys are next level good. Um, 
there could have just been one of those games where even if we had been good, they would have destroyed us. So it's hard really to really pinpoint. And Cousins was on fire, by the way, too. It, you know, we played two very quarterbacks back to back, playing extremely high level. So, so read between the lines, Nachi. What, what I'm, what I'm hearing is you're saying we've just set up that game last night to be the revenge game in the Super Bowl when we beat the Bengals to take <laughs> down number six. That, exactly. that's, that's what you really meant, wasn't it? That's it. exactly what I meant. Yeah, that, that's exactly what he meant. Lure them in a false sense of comfort and then smack them around the face in the, in the Super I've got Bowl. To say both there you go, break, breaking news. Breaking oh. news. Ooh. The Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl. Oh. That's the breaking news. <laughs> All I was going to say, Gareth, is which I thought Leon and you might have got to. As much as I agree, there's issues with Wilkes. It's not all Wilkes' fault. He's the easy scapegoat at the moment. It's yeah. got to be on the players. How many missed tackles are we talking yeah. about mm. again? Fundamentals, the penalties. Nick Bosa, I'm hoping Kyle Shanahan is going to take him aside like he did last year. The rumours were apparently Kyle kept jibbing him. Oh, you're not mm. defensive player of the year. You're not good enough. John Chapman did a breakdown this morning and he said it's worrying that Nick Bosa's not been double teamed. Now, if that's not a slap in the face to Nick Bosa, on, I think he's ranked 58th in the NFL at the moment. He's been paid his money. We're expecting to see non-quarterback money style player from Nick Bosa. Um, and, and you're right, Nadji, the celebration thing is, is something I wanted to touch upon because when Armstead made that sack, we leapt to our feet at the mini-watch party. And then you look on the screen and it's just oh, the team have just gone to line back up and there wasn't any of that fun element. And like you said, people play contact well. football, especially on defence, you want to hit people. <laughs> you want to <laughs> celebrate hitting people. But the one play that Wilkes did last night, which worried me, was when he put Greenlaw one-on-one with Jamar Chase. I love Greenlaw, but Greenlaw's not your cover linebacker. That should have been Fred Warner. And like you said, Najee, I think some people need to kind of just appreciate how good Jamar Chase is and how good Joe Burrow is. So... That thing I'm not too upset about. But what about you, Gareth? Are you on the page that it's all Steve Wilkes' fault? And like El Presidente said, get rid of him and get someone else in? Or is it a bit on the players as well? I think it's, there's on the players as well. You pointed out some missed tackles. I think Huff missed at least three that oh, I, I oh. noticed, including ones where he's got no reason. It's not like it's a full extent trying to bring somebody down. They're, they're dead cert tackles and he whiffed on them. I saw Mooney Ward yep. whiff on a couple, particularly one when Joe Burrow scampered up the middle and Ward just let him walk past him. him. I don't know whether yep. he thought uh, Burrow was about to, to slide and thought, I'm, I'm not going to get the uh, uh, illegal hit penalty here and just let him go. I thought Isaiah Oliver, very strange. He made a couple of great plays and then got completely lost on his assignments several times. I think yep. partly it seems to me the scheme but it also seems to be in that secondary, we're confused about what the offense is going to do. I mean, partly that's down to the Bengals, obviously, but that seems to me that's the game planning during the week that we're lining up one way and then something completely different is happening. And none of the players are quite sure where they should be and who they should be covering. They're getting confused on their assignments a little bit too easily. And I think that's where the frustration is coming through of, why haven't we been prepared for this? We were expecting this offensive alignment to be this kind of thing, and we're seeing something completely different, and we're getting embarrassed out here. And I think that's where you go to the coaching and the preparation and 
chewing the tape in the week about what can you expect to see from our opponents this week and being prepared for the sort of things they're going to do. And I just don't think we were. We seem to be confused a lot of the time. And Burrow was making a lot of shortish, easy passes over the middle to people who are wide open because they've schemed it. They've sent the receivers somewhere else and our secondary has peeled off in loads of different directions and left gaping holes in the middle. And that seemed to be a bit of a rerun of both the Browns and the Vikings. And I think that's that's where the problem, it's not so much the scheme, it seems to be the game preparation for me, that the players are not being put in a position where they can make plays. And that's why some of these players are are absent. And I think that's where the frustration comes in. And the frustration means a lack of concentration. And that means a missed tackle. And it means a missed assignment. And it means you turn your shoulder the wrong way and you've been burnt completely because you're not quite in tune. And I think that seems to be what the the problem is with the defence. We're just not playing together as a team. And we're seemingly, offences are, are finding ways to scheme and pull us all over the field and do whatever they want with us. And I think the defences in the past, where we've been really good, we've been dictating what we allow offences to do. And we've seen it. We let them get a few yards here and there. We let them move the ball in the middle of the field and then shut them down. And we just don't seem to be able to do that. So there is definitely something off with the defence. I think the defence, as you said, Fred, Fred has come out and said they've got to be playing better. And I, I do think one of the big issues has been the defence, that we haven't been able to get any momentum back. We put together a long drive, a good drive, a scoring drive. We get back into it, into a score, and then the defence will, will let them score again. And we just can't get that momentum of a scoring drive and then a stop, a three and out, four and out, five and out, whatever it is, a short drive, and get our offence back on the field where our offence can start controlling the clock and isn't so desperate to throw ourselves to victory because that's what we've been left with when we're chasing the game late. But I don't know how to fix it, because that is the real big question, lads. Uh, I think Lee's had his idea there about how we fix the defence. I can't um, um, no, let, let, let me just clarify. I said this would be a great time to do the, uh, to change the defensive coordinator. I didn't say I was up <laughs> for changing the defensive coordinator. Right, okay. Yeah. That's not right. the sound that's gonna get clipped and shared on difference. Twitter. <laughs> nope. Yeah, the highlight of this bit. would be Clickbait. Yeah. Mr. Kent sure. will be giving you a call. Hello, yeah. El President, eh? Yeah. We'll do a show together. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Um I mean, just let's get back to work. We know it's there. it is fixable. I think that's the that is the the best thing we can take out of this is that we have the pieces, we have the talent on the team. And it's just a matter of putting our heads together and maybe even just, you know, winning one game like scrappily, the next one, maybe. Yeah. To click in, in the hand and be like, oh, this is what it, it does work if we do this this way and we do this this way. And we need to not be the way we've been the past three, four weeks. I, yeah, it, it's hard to say because it's sports and it's. It's difficult to pinpoint sometimes, but you just got to go out there. You just got to play what you know, do what you what you know how to do it. We've been doing it, and uh, we just need to get back to it. Uh, and I have all the faith in the world and the coaching staff 
that they, they're going to figure it out. And um, yeah, I, I I just think it's just a matter of doing, not necessarily thinking about it too much. It's all there. Just need to do it. Easy. Thanks, Najee. Yeah. <laughs> he's a staffer. So he's a staffer. Isaiah Oliver has allowed 100% completion rate when targeted in four consecutive games. Yeah. I, I, I'm good. And this is in the next segment is what I'm going to say. We need definitely the new nickel. Um, he can't cover. As, exactly like Jimmy Ward. Can't cover. Great at tackling. Yeah, we can't need Sammy Warmack to come back, play on the outside and switch Diomodol and all in the slot. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Plus, we need to do a bit more, like you said, like you were saying, Gareth, that the line of scrimmage, the secondary is too far off. And when the pass rush isn't getting home, and Jay, um, Burrow was just able to get that ball out. And like you said there, Oliver looked good when he was making the tackles and he made some big plays. It was good to see. We had seen 26 make a good play and Lee Gowland not celebrate. And then the second click, oh, yeah, Womack's not 26 anymore. He's zero. But it was that was what was scary last night. As much as Burroughs was good, he was completing those passes because there was no one covering him. And I know Jamar Chase is yeah. going to take someone elite to cover him. But Higgins, Najee, Higgins was made to look unbelievable at times last night. I'm not saying he's a bad receiver, but he's Very not on the too. same page as... They're mm. a good one too, but... Uh, I think Burrow finished with the second lowest average intended air yards on Saturday, Gareth. Sorry, I had to get that right before I saw oh. And that was on NFL Next Gen Stats. So it wasn't as if Burrow was airing yeah. it out. He was just efficient. And because the secondary sat off, and we don't make the adjustments, Salah and Ryan's used to get a lot of grief because they never made the adjustments. But what Ryan's in particular was really good at, especially at half time, was making those adjustments. Yeah. We're not seeing that at the moment, which is a bit no. of a worry. Yeah. Well, they always yeah. had someone open. Someone short over the middle. Mixon got a few tight ends, got a few catches, because there was always someone there. When the pressure's there and we've got covered deep, there's somebody short over the middle, and he was able to drop it off to them time and time again, and you just keep the chains moving, because that's an easy six, seven, eight yards. And then we swarm in and, and make the tackle, but it's another first down, and they get to mm. start again. Maybe that is is the gap in the in the slot where we're missing Jimmy Ward. You agree? Maybe. No, no, no. I mean, as much as I didn't like him, he's better than Oliver, and we yeah. would be better with him. And uh, I, I, you know, I can't deny that he's definitely better than Oliver. But Oliver can do tackle for losses really well. Apparently, that's the only thing he does really well. You do realise, Nadji, Lee's writing down now the episode of this show is going to be called Nadji Says, Bring Back Jimmy Watt. <laughs> 38 right, minutes in, clear. bookmark it. <laughs> I would rather us getting rid of <laughs> Still Wigston. No, I'm joking. I, I'll have him back if he wants to get paid a million dollars and not for his dummy out of the prime every time we ask him to play corner. But, it's, uh, you know. it's all set up for Womack to be the season saviour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Too right, this Super Bowl MVP. Sometimes, sometimes that, MVP is that it's the way the defense fits together, and you get that missing piece that ties it all together, yeah. and suddenly everybody else's deficiencies disappear, and the scheme works, and the system works. But we need to analyze that and work out what it is that we do. It's difficult, perhaps, to put it all on Oliver, but that stat I think you've just come out with Lee. That's insane. Says something pretty clear in black and white. 
And maybe we mm -hmm. just need to change something up. Maybe it is mix up the personnel, see if we can put someone else on the perimeter, put Demo in on the slot, or maybe try and move up even Gibson there, see Jair Brown at the back end. Something, something should okay. change, I think, because whatever it is at the moment, it's clearly not working. And it's not worked three times because I think offensive coordinators have worked out what our defence does and we're sticking with what it does all game and it's not working. Yeah. Any other fixes? What about offensive fixes? Just, Come back no, I think we're good. Though. I mean, yeah, I think Trent and Dibobak will help. Um, and I, I think we said it. I think Khan is just being so stuck on doing things, trusting the, the good players so much. And just be a, just... Be open to the idea of trusting Danny Gray or Rary McLeod or anyone. I think so, so random thought. So, come on, Paul. All I was going to say, Gareth, and Nadji might correct me if I've got this wrong, but getting Debo back will allow Kyle to go more to a 12 personnel because he can use two tight ends to run block. And Debo being there, we said it last week when you were missing, Nadji, he just adds that extra dimension to the offence that they have to account for and when he's not there. It's it's just something that I'm looking forward to. But and even maybe's... you know, Juice hasn't caught a part this year. Where are those long pass to Juice and Dwelly mm. and all those that we used to have in a playbook on there? Just put them in. Those guys have shown you in the past that they can deliver if you trust them, and you just don't. So it's well, a that's bit, what I'm saying weird. at the moment with Juice. Motioning him is no good. Yeah, nothing happens. You know he's not getting the ball. So what's the point in motioning him? And, and like you said, Gareth Jennings didn't get a reception. Yeah, that's on insane. Sunday night. And Jordan Mason, I'd love to know whose playbook he's nicked or whose cup of coffee he's knocked over. Because why is he not getting any field time at the moment? He's on special team. Mitchell was like, the, remember when we had Coleman a couple of years ago and Shanahan just kept trying yeah. to give Coleman runs and he wasn't getting anywhere. That was Mitchell last night. He just, yeah. I, I just don't know what what Jordan Mason can do, to be fair. No, I, I think we need, we need to see more of Jordan Mason. I think. Ronnie Bell, he came in, he had a good, one great touchdown catch, and then we don't see him again. Remember last yeah. season, Ray Ray McLeod, I think, took a reverse, 78, 80-odd yards? Yeah, yeah 70 yards. Because the one thing we've got is when we've got Bell and McLeod, no one knows quite what we're going to do with them. Yeah. So why not put them in and and keep them guessing? Um I don't know. Look at that one. Ray Ray had Gareth in garbage time. Ray Ray McLeod got a 41-yard reception. Other than that, I think there was Ayuk had one reception for two yards at, at one point, and it was like garbage time, but why air it out in garbage time? Why not let him? I mean, they were playing so soft. It's yeah, easy. they were, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> Give it a small hope, Nadji. We would, I think the... Lee was trying to work out the connotations of the scores at this point and whether the score prediction results were going to... I wonder if... I wonder if all those players are now happening, you know, to Juice and Dwelly and Ray Ray and, and all those other people, maybe because Brock is just tr not quite there yet as reading, you know, four, five, six kind of thing. He's reading CMC, AUK at all, and usually he, he's good enough to give it to one of those guys anyway, even if maybe. they're pretty much covered because his ball placement and accuracy is that good. He, he, he hasn't had to go to the fourth and five and, and fifth, you know, so and six. So maybe it's done. Maybe Brock needs to kind of trust them too and learn that they're, they're part of the game. And I think there was a play where he dumped it to, to Kittle and I saw Ayuk flash open from the end zone 
Uh, it's just like you moved, maybe you moved away too soon from him. Also, it could be also that Brock is learning. It's still only, you know, what, 13 games in, in his career. Yeah, a lot, a lot to learn every game. So, Well, he did. He trusted those players last year. Jennings was Mr. Third Down. Remember That's Brock true. was spraying it around? I think, was it his second game against the Seahawks? He had something like seven completions to five different players in his, in his first seven throws. He was spraying the ball around because Shanahan That's was true. dialing those up. That's true. You can't blame him for giving it to twenty three, though. I love that. No, man. no, I'm not saying no. I'm not. Saying, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out a way of why those plays are not happening. Maybe, maybe they are being called and and broken. And just, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Just in bye week mode, trying to figure out how to win a game. You know, we need to win games. <laughs> so, uh, by by way of fixes, the trade deadline is upon us. Do you think there is a fix there? Yeah, I I would happily welcome a, a corner so we can shoot Demo in the slot and have somebody opposite Ward. Um, even just if that doesn't happen, to try and just send a message to the whole secondary that it's not good enough and uh, uh, your butts are on the line, basically. If you want to play some games, you're going to have to play better because this new guy is, is in town now. Uh, maybe even just something like that, just to rattle a bit, just send a message to the defense saying you're not playing well enough. That's why we're looking to trade player in. Um, I, that's what I would do. At the very least, trade a corner and maybe an edge rusher or a, a D-tackle. Because we haven't talked about Hargrave, but for what we're paying him, for what we, we acquired him mm. and, and the aspiration, it's just not good enough. Um we had, you know, you had 70 ta- uh, sacks last year, and what's happening now? You know, contributing clearly. So, um, I, yeah, I would get those two positions in, even if it isn't to replace people, to just bring some fresh blood and say, competitions are open. If you don't play well, these guys will. Yeah, I think we'll probably bring in a cornerback. To be honest. Yeah, I hope so. I don't, I don't know who, but. I mean, there's been where, a couple of people the... mentioned, but um, Jill and Johnson, um, Kendall yeah, Fuller. Good. Yeah, that would be good. That would be very good. Because uh, uh, well, where is Andre Thomas? Is Sammy well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. To answer your question, Nadji, about Hargrave, he was used more as an edge rusher by the Eagles. And I think yeah. he's been used in a different role. I think we've seen him more next to Armstead in that run, stuff and rolling. I agree with you. I think we're going to add possibly a cornerback pass rusher. It's going to be someone on that side of the ball. Lee wants Womack to come back in, but it would be good to see Lenar move back to the slot because he played well there last year, especially in the playoffs. So that would be good, whether it be Womack or whether it be someone else. I think the favourite Lee is Jalen Johnson, the name you mentioned there from the Bears. That's yeah. what I keep seeing on social media at the moment. So I do have one name I think we should, we should try and go and get, which is kind of a bit of a wild card, but I think we should pick up the phone call the Titans and see if uh, Hal Shair wants to come back because we miss him sorely. Yeah, we uh, we let him go. I think I couldn't afford him, so yep. be odd to yep, to yep, go yep. back to go back to the well. Uh, I still think we need somebody else in in the run game. Uh, I talked about that last time. I don't think he's the guy, but Dalvin Cook is potentially available from our old mate Robert Salah at the Jets. He doesn't seem to be getting used there. That could be a season loan. 
I think just to give us something different, a different target, maybe somebody else for defences to think about. I don't think it will happen. I don't know that Shanahan wants to bring in a player into the scheme. I know he did it with McCaffrey this time last year, but I think McCaffrey is a special player. I'm not sure he's going to want to mix up the offence too much. And this, this isn't singling out anybody at all. But without Trent Williams, we have a very inexperienced O-line. There's guys who are fourth, fifth-year players. But McKivitt's first-year starter, Banks, second-year starter, Burford, first-year as a full-time starter, Brendel's second-year starter, Jalen Moore, a handful of games. I wonder if we miss a bit of leadership there as well without Trent Williams and a bit of, a bit of a steady head. Exactly. So I would improve the run game straight away and we don't need to make a trade. I would switch out Brendel for Feliciano and stick him mm. at centre. He's a much more experienced player. He's very good in run blocking and I think he would benefit our O-line immediately. Mm. And we don't need a trade. True, yeah. true. I, Brendel's been playing pretty well though, so... I think Burford has struggled. Say, bring Brunskill back from yeah. the Titans, yeah. Lee. When you said pick up the fort in the Titans, I thought you were going to say bring Brunskill back, bring him home. I mean, I, I would have Brunskill back too, yeah. And if you want to package that with Derek Henry, by all means, we'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, we, we have worried about the O-line and I do think it's the area where we have been weakest and one where we've, other than Trent, been reluctant to invest much resources, much money and much experience. And while they have held up reasonably well in in pass protection, I think the run game is lacking. The, the Bengals were able to get a lot of penetration and we were losing that line of scrimmage. And to be honest, if if we had Jimmy, I would I I God knows what a nightmare that game would be because Brock was able to evade and and make his second third reads or make something happen time and time again in that game when he was under pressure and if we had a less mobile less aggressive confident quarterback I think that game could have gone very badly I think Mitch Wisnowski would have been even busier than he was but I keep forgetting to mention that he's putting in some good punts so there's a positive he's our best best player on Sunday (laughs) to start off the positives so are are there other positives from the game because I'm sure I'm sure there are Go on. Go on, Paul. Talk about 23. CMC. Yeah. Yes. Got another two touchdowns. 17 games. If you look at his um, stats, he averaged over 4.5 yards per carry. Nothing to be sniffed at. 12 attempts. Should have had his number called a bit more for me (laughs) because I'm a fan of 23. But you said it better than I can, Gareth. Generational player. That trade gets better with every game. You think back to this time last year, some of the national analysts... We're calling it a C minus, a luxury that we didn't need. And I knew he was good, but yeah. And I can see why Kyle Shanahan keeps leaning on him so much, but yeah, maybe we just much. need to sprinkle it to someone else, Kyle. But yeah, 23 scored another two touchdowns. And got to give Brock credit because the way he scrambled and threw that back across his body, I'll be honest. I don't, I was... I don't like that, though. <laughs> I know you don't like it when it works. No. It works. But we all had our heart <laughs> in our mouth, but then oh, obviously God. when he lands with it you're like yeah but uh, yeah it should never go cross again uh, oh god that was yeah nerve-wracking uh yeah Kittle carry the game uh it's good to see him in the in the pass game right now that that pass down the middle on the 
on the fade was was pretty good. Reminded me of that cowboy playoff uh, game. It's exactly the same play. Um, uh, what a touch! What a ball on that by by Brock. Yeah, there's a lot of positive. You know, I think the biggest one is that we we have a team of warrior people that will fight for this team and do care and will figure it out. I think Fred said it in his press conference. We're not backing down from this. We're not going to go and hide in a corner and hope that it turns around by itself. We're going to work hard and we're going to we're going to suss it out. Uh, so I think that's a big positive that everybody's aware of what's going on. It's not just like, oh, we're still, you know, like the Cowboys when they lost. Oh, we're good. We're fine. You know, it's just like, no, there's something, there's a problem here and we're going to fix it, which is which is what we want to hear, really. Um, yeah. Wisnowski, number 18. Phew. What a guy! What a dude! What a what a draft pick! <laughs> oh yeah, and Jake well, Moody was perfect. Jake Moody was perfect. I I do take this as as a positive. Brock threw a couple of bad interceptions, and then it didn't face him. He just came out throwing, and it doesn't yeah. look. You've got to be that way. You've got to react well yeah. to the interceptions. It was something that Jimmy did well. He would generally play his best drive, having thrown his inevitable interception or two. And I was pleased that Brock just came out and did that. And again, from his own end zone, when he, he had that next drive and puts together a new, another good drive, he is beginning. There's a little bit there. He's putting the team on his back. We haven't managed to get the results, but he's standing up to be counted. And he's saying, right, we're in a hole and I'm going to have to throw away out of it now because we know that's what Shanahan's going to ask him to do. And he's stepping up to it and he's he's pretty fearless. And these are those intangibles, I guess. When the game isn't going your way, do you want your quarterback to shy away from it? Or do you want your quarterback to just completely forget the last series and completely forget what happened? And he's out there slinging the ball out. And as you said, that one across the field to uh, Kittle, He's slinging the ball into a bit of danger. He's off balance, but Kittle was wide open and he knows he's got to make something happen there. He's not thrown away the game from a position of, of being in front. There's nothing to lose there. We've got to score. We've got to score on that position. And he made it happen and taking the risks yeah. and he knows he's going to get the flack. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Lee. Let's yeah, finish I love him, on another I love him as a QB. I love him. He's he's great and yeah, no phased. He's uh, yeah, he's got a tackle as well this season, which is you know it's good. It's done, done. Another positive: George Kittle got plenty of practice catching the ball. Yeah, yeah. He did drop one, but plenty of chances one. to uh, practice. What he meant I mean, to say, Gareth, is a positive was he got to sit next to me and watch the game last night. That's what he was meaning to say. Not like he said off air where he said it was a rubbish night. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I got to watch the game. I didn't get to hear it because Paul wouldn't stop talking all night. Well, don't see you very often, my mate. Not in person. Right. I think we've probably done that enough. There is the small matter of the score. Oh, there's one more. Table. Oh, yeah, well, that's a great positive, by the way. Nailed that. Um, there was one more thing I completely forgot to talk about last week, and I have to talk about it this week. The okay. Fred tackle against against the Vikings on a goal line. How did we not talk about that for, like, 25 minutes? I don't Because we lost. We pretty, yeah, because we lost. But Polamalu-esque, what a, what a player. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, it just makes me feel like this is a guy. This is the guys we have on this team. The guys that can do that. So we'll ultimately we'll be fine. Uh, we just need to figure it out. 
let's move on to the greatest prediction of all time. <laughs> uh, mm, I didn't open it. I need, to find, I need to find it. We gave you your well, score prediction of Purdy not playing, and then he did play. So technically, we should really stick you, to the one where he did play. You well, chose I, to I'll, put this I'll, one down, and then I asked midweek whether uh, I could change it. You didn't reply, so I'm keeping it now. Unfortunately, yeah, because Lee created a separate group chat and told us that we weren't allowed to. Ch- no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to have to put my uh, foot down on this and put a stop to these uh, double. Oh, if this happens, if that happens, it's uh, it's all Fair getting enough. confusing. We've all got the same information when we record the pod, so we're all in the same place. Otherwise, we'll end up with oh, a prediction if it's rainy, or a prediction if this happens, or a prediction if that happens. So fair enough, fair enough. We'll, we'll let you um, get that one, Nadji, because uh, it does change the leaderboard a little bit, and a change is good. It does, yeah. Maybe it's a sign of a change more changes good. to come. And the, I mean, I feel pretty bad that the most points by anyone this season is is, is is because we lost, and I predicted it, and I nailed the forty nine score, and. I was pretty. Oh, now I was not close on the Bengals, but yeah, I got ten points out of that. Five and five, pretty happy with that. Uh, Seventeen mm-hmm. in the loss, and then you all a third goose egg in a row. So I ultimately, yeah. I think the I think the problem is not really with me. It's more with you. It's just three loss in a row for you. Are you gonna fire your uh, <laughs> your projection defensive coordinator or not? Or are you gonna work it out? And that's the. Uh, Oh, well, I'm, pre- I'm predicting the tie for this week. Oh, that's a good nil, nil. <laughs> nil, nil, yeah, against no one. Um, yeah, definitely all well on that one. Told you this would happen. People getting too competitive and playing it properly. I'm always going to play this game with my heart. and <laughs> I'm going to make no apologies about it. But Lee was very graceful last night, Nadji, when he realised you were going to jump to the top of the leaderboard. At least I think that's what he was saying. I couldn't quite work it out with the expletives <laughs> and uh, the march off to somewhere else in the casino. <laughs> yeah, so the leaderboard for people that are not watching, uh, I've jumped to first with 37, scoring 10 points. And then uh, second is Liam Paul with 31. And Gareth with 24. I'm mm. a bit of a... I'm not, you're not scaring me, Gareth. You're the, you're the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I told you I've just uh, I've just gone through my mid-season slump. Although I think I might in the bye week change tack by thinking about the yeah. actual score prediction, and then I'm going to say something completely different from what I actually think the score will be, and see if that actually makes me score some points. Actually, happen. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because yeah. it's it can't be worse than what I'm currently doing. True. Very true. So someone's <laughs> got to finish bottom out of a division of four. So you're right. I am. That's I'm good. doing full cardinals. So I think we've done that enough. Do, do we feel better for the therapy session? Yeah, always. Yeah, we always feel better for it. Always. Good. We hope everybody else does too. Thank you for joining me, lads. Uh, thank you to thank all, you. all of you who listen to the show, particularly if you've got some good therapy out of this one. We, I think, we'll be back later this week. We will have a look and see if there's any uh, trade activity and then maybe have a think about where we are, maybe analyse what we've uh, talked about so far this season and look ahead to the rest of the season and probably a little bit of the gold mine. So take a breath, enjoy the rest of your uh, week and enjoy the weekend off. Let's look forward to the business end of the season because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niners.
Bang bang na na gang. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Bob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.